Good morning. Welcome to This Week in Caribbean Art and Culture. I'm Melissa Hunter Davis, founder of Sugarcane Magazine, and I'm here with the best hostesses in the world, starting with Maria. Hi, I'm Maria Ortiz, creator and writer, currently at the Press Art Museum of Miami. And Susie. Hi, everybody. Suzanne here, Susie Wong Presents, gallerist consultant in the Caribbean world. Ladies, what has the world been like for you this week? You know, we, we could talk about what happened Sunday because Jada is from the Caribbean. She's uh, has uh, Bayesian and Jamaican heritage. I thought she was from the Virgin Islands, but no, she's from the Caribbean. So we could talk about that or we could just ignore it because <laughs> we talk about this in, in nauseum. What I found most interesting about the whole thing is the speculation and these assertions of truth around completely baseless assumptions, you know? And, you know, there are lines and it's all down to a kind of individual kind of moral compass as to what your lines are, you know? I know where my impulses went and there were just definite hard lines of, you know, no, you know, that behavior is unacceptable. But then you wonder what's going on inside and compassion, space, give them time to talk instead of this huge frenzy, which I find is so symptomatic of social media and contemporary culture and very destabilizing. I mean, I mean, thank God this is about celebrities, so I don't find it destabilizing, but I do about like Ukraine and the pandemic. <laughs> it's a similar dynamic. Everything moves so fast. Yes. Um, so I don't really have an opinion and I'm quite happy for us to just like draw a line and move on <laughs> until that. the red table, of course. <gasps> there we go. That's what we're waiting for. <laughs> Um, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if it's something for this podcast, but I'll say that I never fantasize of men fighting like in public for me to protect me. Like that's not something that I kind of, you know, feel like, yeah, like a fantasy of mine. <laughs> so I find that kind of like um, interesting that maybe some people still like that. Um, Chivalry and, you know, all yeah. of those things came up. Yeah. But I also want to say that, you know, uh, Will Smith uh, has been doing a lot of great work and he won an Oscar. So I, I hope that I hope that they're celebrating that. And I hope that that's a moment. Yeah, there's space for that, giving everything that has transpired, because it's it's amazing that he won such a prestigious award. You know, mm -hmm. Very proud. The shame it's overshadowed by this right. really is. You know, one thing about Sunday night, and I say this every year, and now that I have a child probably going off to college, I want to see if I can actually make good on this. You know, I used to watch really great films, like when I was young, and lots of wonderful foreign films. And some years I look like, oh, that looked kind of boring, that looked whack. But this year, so many of the films looked really great, especially the shorts, um, a lot of the animated films looked great. Um, a lot of the animated shorts looked really fantastic. And I'm really sad that I didn't watch any movies this year. And I know that I'm not big on going back to the movie theater again after COVID. Once you really learned how this was passed along, like I see, I see germs everywhere. Like I just get like, oh, germs, germs. You know, I can't believe what we used to do because I would never do it again with you but on that one. <laughs> I would still, you know, you know, you can always wait till it streams or get a screener, or whatever it is, get access to a screener. 
I just miss watching really good movies and I would like to, you know, go back to watching good films again. There were some really fantastic international films and I'm like, oh, I would have loved that. So I, I would like to, to make that, uh, even though we're already into the new year, I would like to make that, you know, something that I focus on from the summer onward is watching good films again. Mm-hmm. Sounds sounds like I, I, I'm on you on that. But you know what else happened on Sunday that was related to the Caribbean that actually got me a little bit upset is that Lee Miranda, you know, he's Puerto Rican. He was not awarded an, an Oscar, which would have made him an EGOT. You know, that's the EGOT. There's, yeah. there's a very few people in the arts that have like a Tony, a Grammy, they have an Oscar. And Lee Miranda is only missing an Oscar. And they gave the song award to another song from another movie that I've never even heard about. And I thought that was like a big snob, you know, from the Academy. Because, I mean, um, the award was going up for a song in Encanto, which the song actually makes mm-hmm. me cry when I listen to it. It's about like two caterpillars. Um, uh, and it could, it's about children and how you, and family and how you have to let, you know, the caterpillars grow and have a life and as you watch them. Kind of. <laughs> But they ruined that song to me. Was that the, the song that they performed Sunday? No, not the oh, okay. Bruno one. I say, Wait a minute. I thought this was a song that everybody cried about. I said, what is this? No, no, Why no, no that's the one. Here? I don't no, know. No, no, no. Okay. That's not the one they performed. But they snubbed okay. Lima and Miranda on Sunday in front of all of us. Wow. In, you in- know, like, I don't think uh, at least young musical theater people don't like him. But why? Um, so I guess it's um, some of his political leanings or the political leanings of his father. But like, I would have thought that he's like a rock star to certain people. They were like, no, we don't like him. And I was like, oh, what do you mean? But uh, he's not as popular with the young people as I would think he would be. But we did get Ariana DeBose. That yes. was a big deal. I was so proud of her. And honestly, you know, when I saw the category, I was like, ooh, child, I don't know <laughs> if you could get this one. But when she did, I couldn't be happier. You know, just the representation, LGBTQ, Afro-Latina, Black woman, you know, just everything, you know, so often we're told what we can't do or what's not possible or especially for people who are in their 20s and 30s now, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, when you were a kid, you know, you were constantly told if you had to tick any box of being other, you know, they always seemed like there was a ceiling for you. Mm -hmm. Now to see that. And yes, it's just one actress. But, you know, that one means that there could be more. So I was really proud of her. Um, It was wonderful to see, you know, my daughter was so happy to see, you know, her win. It was really great. And I don't remember his name, but the gentleman who won, was it Best Actor and He's Deaf? That whole moment when the woman presenting the award, instead of you know, announcing his name to everybody who, you know, was of hearing. Yeah, she, she just signed him picture. first, which was why his section like blew up, you know, because they were like, oh my God, and then announced his name and just mm-hmm. gave him that dignity of, you know, being able to hear your name first in a language that you can understand. 
that whole moment was just really, really incredible. And then seeing everyone, you know, with the hands to applaud, that was just, it just, it was a <laughs> pre-incident. It was just a very warm, happy feeling. And it was a black produced show. Yes, you know, I thought it was really important. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what's a shame about the um, incident on Sunday night because it overshadows all of this amazing, all these other amazing stories, you know, yeah. and three women presenting, especially. Yeah. But and that moment was very moving. I was very moved. Does, by it, so. And part of me, like, that's why I don't know this is product talking about this. It's part of me also feels like it's like male rage that is always like putting us like, taking the the center of attention and um and then to and then to think that is for protecting a woman but I don't really I don't know I feel like Jada is so smart and so elegant and so eloquent and so strong and so strong and but we we can leave this in Will Packer deserves an Emmy for the entire show but in particular about how he handled that moment because I didn't realize anything was wrong. Like I thought it was a joke. Honestly, I think everybody did too. I think we all thought it was a part of the shtick. So I would not have known had I not seen Lupita's reaction. And that's when I looked and I said, Oh, this wasn't a part of the show. But I thought because of the way Chris joked and laughed that I thought, oh, this must be like the shtick for this, whatever. Um, but he handled the entire show beautifully. He deserves yeah. it. Money, and I hope that they give it to him. He deserves it hands down. So we'll move on. But it was still a wonderful evening. I was wonderful seeing a, um, a show completely with a, a, a Black production team. And I'm hoping that they, you know, make that, you know, something that's permanent. I've heard lots of rumblings about, you know, well, what about, you know, this group, that group, you know, no doubt about it. Uh, nobody's arguing that, you know, there are people who are not represented um, in power positions in any, in most fields actually. Um, and I think that it's, it's, it's time that we focus on folks who are doing fabulous work who may not necessarily be white men, so. Cheers to that and cheers to a future of all of that. So we are going to move on um, and wait until Susie comes back because she just walked away. Oh, wait a minute, was that you or that was Susie? That was you, Maria, you brought up the Denver Art Museum. But you're on mute. Yes, I did. So this, um, uh, this past week, an exhibition opened at the Denver Art Museum that um, I just wanted to mention because basically, um, it's an exhibition that I, you know, full disclosure, I uh, wrote for the for the book. I wrote a little intro um, or an artist description on uh, Juan Pablo Garza, which is an excellent artist now living here in Miami. Okay. But the exhibition is on Latin American art, and the the whole, you know, the the Denver Museum is like a really wealthy, well funded. And just like a really great institution, and um, they just started a little bit up because actually the exhibition opens on July thirty first, so it gives a heads up for everybody that if they're going to be in Denver in this uh, in the summer, you guys c- can go watch it and see it. 
but the work, the exhibition also includes um, Caribbean artists, which is, I find it really great because often in this converse, in the conversation about Latin American art, the Caribbean at times uh, is not as visible as one would like it to be. But in this show, there's some great Caribbean artists to look to within the Caribbean context. So uh, within the Latin American context. So there is Tessa Mars, which is a, a beautiful artist that she's uh, Haitian. She um, has been, she was part of the Berlin Biennial, not this one, but the one that Gabi Nankobo did a couple of years ago. And she's also have had part, participated in really prestigious residencies in, in, um, uh, in Europe and, uh, and has been working out of Haiti for some time. There's also um, uh, um, an artist from, oh my God, I'm just looking now at the, at the artist list. But basically there's artists from, from other parts of the region, the Caribbean, that are part of this exhibition. So I just wanted to kind of flag it early on and put it in anyone's calendar um, uh, for people to, to enjoy. I love it. So if you are in the area or you can fly out to Denver, I think it's worth it. Is the catalog available for sale? The, not, not yet because the show opens in July 31st, but I would imagine that um, once it's, it's once the exhibition opens that the, the catalog is gonna be there. So I'll keep you posted. Okay. And there's right. also other artists, I believe from the coast of Colombia, and, um, uh, you know, so there's also that other part of, of Latin America that does gifts that is part of the Caribbean coast that um, uh, is also important. Gotcha. So a show that we have been <clears throat> looking at for a long time, I think it opened in Brazil some time ago, and now it's making its rounds definitely, definitely through the United States, um, is Afro-Atlantic Histories. I'm really excited that this show will be in DC. I, I'm hoping, don't tell anybody, but my daughter applied to go to Howard. We all want to pray that she gets in. <laughs> so, yes. So I hope to be able to go, but even no matter what happens, I, will, I still want to go up to see this. Um, and I haven't purchased the catalog, but I will definitely. I think I saw it on Amazon actually. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and they've redesigned it. I mean, I got the catalog I have here for the original exhibition. The National Gallery of Jamaica loaned some works for it. So we have Barrington Watson and a couple of other, you know, really fabulous Jamaican artists in here. Um, and so I have a very differently designed catalog in both Spanish and, and uh, English. So it'd be interesting to see the new one. But the new one seems to be very much designed in a more poppy, contemporary way. Yes. It's interesting, the difference in design around the same exhibition, you know. So I'm really excited to see it. Um, excited to see all of the artists that are in the show. Um, and I want the catalog to read the essays. Um, I would, I'm interested in learning um, in particular, and I'm not sure if it's addressed, and you can tell me if it's addressed in this particular catalog. I am interested in learning a little bit more about the politics of Blackness in Brazil. Um, I don't think I quite understood. It's a country that, of, especially to African-Americans, that has been so exoticized. Is that a, is that a word? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, where either, you know, men are going to date women or, you know, um, I think we almost feel like it's like a party every day. And yeah. 
I would like to learn, you know, really about what blackness is. A few years ago, I watched a, a, a documentary and it wasn't about Brazil. It was about a group of young people who go to South Africa for a conference and one participant was from Brazil. So to an African-American, when we see her, she does not look black at all. She would look like what we would say would be Indian. But what was interesting to me was actually she identified as being black. Um, she identified as being black. She identified you know, her, her parents as being a, a black family. And it made me stop and look at blackness a lot differently because you know, if she lived in the States while she was darker skin, maybe even slightly darker than me, her hair and her features would give her kind of entree into a different world than, you know, other black folks here. Um, you would be considered mixed or other or exotic and, you know, certain things wouldn't necessarily apply to you. You know, you, you would automatically be the pretty girl and all the things that, you know, the, the things that pretty girls get. Um, whereas in Brazil, she was, you know, pretty much saying that, you know, I'm black just the way we would see maybe a Lupita, that they would be kind of in this, they would be the same folks um, and their treatment and their opportunities would be the exact same. And it really made me look at the country a lot differently. Um, and she talked about the, the racism that her family went through. And just, I know that if she was here, she, it wouldn't necessarily be, be that. So I thought that that was, you know, really interesting. That's why I'm so interested in reading this catalog and hoping that there are essays that can address that for me. And I'm also looking for more written work that addresses that so that I can learn more. Well, you know that Brazil has a bigger population than the US. Yes. Um, and also, um, you know, they suffer from the same type of uh, police brutality and violence. Mm -hmm that happens in the US and other parts of Latin America, which is why I was very excited about this, this show when it first opened, because it's really the first time that I can call in recent history that blackness is being addressed from Latin America. And 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 I think that that's very important. I actually, I actually credit that a little bit to, to how the discourse of race have evolved from the US in the last 10 years or more. Um, but I, I, in the last show I did for Pam, I would power, we had a work by Jonathan de Andrade, who was talking about like racial stereotypes and how, um, you know, in Brazil, there was this whole notion of this racial democracy, which is very common in actually, I would say the Caribbean and also, um, Latin America where people are, they subscribe to a national discourse of what it means to be Brazilian, what it means to be Jamaican, what it means to be all this other mm -hmm. construct. Uh, but that um, erases uh, or overshadows the racial tensions that exist in the country. And I think that in the Caribbean, we all, we all know what this means um, mm -hmm. that, you know, uh, you we are all in my, in my, in my construct, we're all Puerto Rican, but still the people that are in like the white Puerto Ricans, and I believe something is similar to in Jamaica, like the light skin um, uh, Jamaicans. And, and yeah, yeah, we kind so of talk on. about it in context like uh, shadism, colorism, you know, mm -hmm. gradients of whiteness, blackness, and it, how fluid it is, and um, power in society and lack of power and disempowerment, that process. 
Um, and then in comes gender in the mix with all of that as well. So it, yeah, it's pretty, it's on a day to day, it doesn't feel fraught, but it can be very fraught when it's brought to a conversation and you, you're really trying to confront the, the various um, aspects of, of it all. You know, I mean, I question my agency all the time in the work that I do. I have to, I have to be self-reflective and aware of my place in all of this and how do I negotiate that and, and, and acknowledge it in a really authentic kind of way. Because, you know, with a British father, I was in and out, you know, born and raised. So it, it, and there are a lot of people here with that kind of experience as well as never having left. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a very dense an interesting process, but this this exhibition, I think what I liked the idea of, because I really, I can't tell you, I almost went to Brazil to see it the way I wanted to see it after seeing the catalogue, um, was the sheer expanse of the narratives around, um, you know, resistance and defiance around colonial power. And it would seem so inclusive. It seems so inclusive of um, the transatlantic slave trade kind of region you know, which I thought was very unusual for a Latin American country in the context that I think about them from the Caribbean. Um, so I might come up to DC to see this show. Is it is it traveling in its fullness, Melissa? Do you know? I believe so, yes. It is? Yes. Okay. This is going to be good. Let mm -hmm. me know you're coming. Well, well, DC is really hard to get to from Jamaica. I have to like do two connections, if you can believe that, which is why one of my best friends lives in DC and I haven't seen him for like 10 years because of it. He normally comes here because okay. he just goes through Miami. Yeah. Anyway, I will. Okay. Sounds good. All right, ladies. So we have a good show, you guys, uh, um, coming up the first, the first week of April, second week of April. Second week of April? The second week of April. We have a really great show coming up. So if you have not subscribed and followed and all of that fun stuff, please do. And I understand we have some comments and some stars. So if you have a chance to give us some more comments, stars, I don't know what Spotify does, but basically whatever Spotify does, give us the top of whatever that is. Give us all of the good comments, all the juicy, happy things. Tell us where you are. Shout out to everybody who has reposted us and listened to us while they're watering their plants and all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. Um, share this with your friends and your colleagues. Um, and a special shout out to all of the college students and professors who have um, recommended this podcast for their students. We really appreciate it. Uh, send us an email. Let us know who you are so we can shout you out properly. Send everybody to your program. Uh, maybe even a few donation dollars for those of you who have the money. All right. Okay, guys. So Atlantic World Art Fair is going to be staging their second edition this year in partnership with Artsy and sponsored by Butterfield Bank in Bermuda. Um, we, this year, they have over 12 galleries um, exhibiting work, um, interesting inclusions and changes from last year, but a very comprehensive kind of overview and representation from the region, which will be really exciting, I think. Um, the programming is set to be excellent as well. So I would suggest following them on IG, Atlantic World Art Fair. What's interesting this time is there are two new features. Lisa, um, who would be here if she wasn't in Cuba at the Havana Biennial, as we all know, um, 
she has brought in a collector's club to cultivate um, buyers who are interested in the region and anyone interested in, in building a more focused um, practice around buying art. Um, and part of that is going, to, there's going to be a course on collecting art in an emerging region, which I will be leading on four sessions. Um, and it will be a kind of fun, interactive course where you learn a lot about the landscape and the ecology of the Caribbean visual arts, but also there's a fantasy collection, Melissa, which will be right up your street. So there's kind of like, you know, people, the, the, the participants will like have to work out a budget, whether it's real or fantasy, and then go through the fair, the programming, talk to the galleries, do their own research, go wider if they choose. And the last session, they come back and kind of bring their choices to a panel, which will be fun, I think. Yes. There's also um, the Fountainhead Residency is going to be, I'm not sure how it's going to be chosen, but an artist from the fair is going to be chosen at some point in the programming um, to, to, I don't want to use the word win, to benefit from a Fountainhead Residency that's going to be awarded hopefully every year for one artist from the fair, which I think is a really interesting development and really meaningful. And um, I think the process around that will be interesting, although I'm not sure on the inside how that's going to go. But when we actually get Lisa on here, she can speak to that. Maybe Maria has some sense of that. I'm going to be the one, like, uh, I don't know if it's choosing or selecting a preliminary list of, of artists. Um, uh, we still haven't, I have to, 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 we have a meeting next week about this, but I'm definitely involved in the selection process. And I mean, um, you know, Fountainhead, they have really here in Miami, they have always in the last recent years have very much um, have Caribbean artists in their in their, mm -hmm. their thesis. Like they have Minia Viviani, they had Lucia Hierro, and, and they at one point they had a partnership with um, uh, Rosie Gordon Wallens and Diaspora Vibe. Maybe they still have it actually. So I like that they're not catching up. They're actually been doing uh, some of the, the work. And the fact that they're expanding to this art fair just kind of shows. Um, their commitment to to the artists that represent the region, but also Miami, because they are this is an integral part of our fabric, and also um, the fair itself. I mean, I, I'm very excited about the Atlantic Art Fair because it's also very accessible in the sense that you can, you know, if you're traveling to Venice that week, you can see online what's going on. If you are and participate in all the programs, you know, you don't need to be in a particular location, yet you get to see a lot of great artists and a lot of great galleries. Mm -hmm. um, so that's also very, very exciting and get this great content in terms of collecting. If you're unsure, you know, how to sway, how to go, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of, you know, your programs to see that can also help you um, uh, make informed decisions. You mm -hmm. know, so. So I think it's it's very very exciting, and I think that um, I feel like this is only it's gonna keep growing and growing and growing. Yeah, me too. I think it's really it's really gonna. And I I do know that the end game, at least, has been very open about this is um, physical physical stagings as well. However, that develops because obviously we know the constraints the Caribbean works within and the galleries how you know the obstacles to growth um, internationally. Uh, so having someone that understands that and works within an entity like this to, to, you know, kind of like drive change in ways that can be managed within the region, I think is really important. 
and um, I'm looking forward to seeing what she's offering next year. Before we go though, where can we find the Atlantic Art Fair? How do we purchase, join? It's a partnership with Artsy. You can go on to Atlantic, um, you can follow the fair on Artsy, Atlantic World Art Fair. You can follow them on IG at Atlantic World Art Fair and um, all the information and then you get the, the gallery listing and, and you kind of follow as you as you choose. Gotcha. All right. And so it starts uh, the date. Um, right. The it starts on April the 20th, the 20th and runs for two weeks to, to May the 5th. My birthday. <laughs> that would be nice as well. But before we go, um, ladies, where can we find you on social media? Susie, where can we find you? You can find me at Susie Wong Presents on IG. And Maria? You can find me in IG at Contemporary Chica. And of course, follow Sugarcane Magazine on Instagram. Visit the website at sugarcanemag.com. Um, join the conversation. Send us any comments. You know, DM us on, on Instagram. Let us know what you think of this week's show. And we are looking forward to talking to you next week. Goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.